church say praise the Lord. Let the church say hallelujah. His yoke is easy and his burdens are light. I don't know about you, but I found it so. Truly his service is my sweetest delight and his blessings forever flow. We give glory to God today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank him for all his goodness and his favor in our lives. And we thank him for allowing us to be here today on a Sunday morning, on the Lord's Day, to worship and to praise his holy name. Give honor to Sister Williams who led us in devotion today and to Brother Eric and Brother Dave on the, mus- on the musicians. And thank God for the ushers who are here and all of you who are here today. Thank God that you've been blessed and praise you've been blessed by your experience of worship thus far. And as we look into the word of God, we're going to look again in Isaiah chapter 40 as we continue on our theme, the Christian experience. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. When you find it, say amen. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 1, we read, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and crowd to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and our flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For New Testament passages of Scripture today, we're going to look at the Gospel of St. John, chapter 6. We're going to begin reading at verse 41. John's Gospel, chapter 6. And we're going to begin reading at verse 41. When you find it, say amen. Amen. John, chapter 6. And we'll begin reading at verse 41. And it reads, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. It said, The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. This morning, I want to share with us briefly from the subject, the Christian experience. Jesus is the living bread. Jesus is the living bread. The Christian experience, Jesus is the living bread. Let us pray. Kind Heavenly Father, we adore you. And we place no one above you, Lord. 
You have done great and marvelous things, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here at Shadydale this morning to sing and to praise your holy name, to honor you and to bless you, Lord, to fellowship with the saints of God. Now we come to the time of sharing your word. We worship you in prayer and in song. We want to worship you one more time in the sharing of your word today. Lord, bless us, Lord, that our ears will be attentive and our eyes will be open as we share your eternal word. Bless me, your servant, today. Have your way in the midst of your people. Did everything we do and say, we give honor and glory to you. I know we say that often, Lord, but we want you to be glorified, Lord. Have your way. We'll be so careful to thank you and praise you. For you are great and greatly to be praised. We honor you today. For it's in the strong, saving, satisfying name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Should we thank God for all his blessings? And I want to say a special thank you to Shady Dale for all the, all the support last week as we celebrated our first year together in ministry. Thank God for all of you who are here and for all the work that you all have done. I want to say thank you one more time for your blessings and your expressions of love to me and my family. God bless you. This morning, I want to share with us from the subject, The Christian Experience, Jesus is the living bread. And as we often say when we consider this theme, I hope you know, we think about our life journey, how far God has brought us. And the songwriter said, he has set the captives free. Look how far the Lord has brought us from. He brought us a mighty long way, amen? And we want to thank him and live our lives for him and in this Christian experience. And, and the most important thing in this Christian experience, I want to realize, and I say it each time, is that word Christian. It means that we must be Christ-like in the way we live our lives every day. Not just Sunday morning. You know, after 11 a.m. or Sunday school, but every day of the week, I want us to living lives that represent Jesus Christ. So that men and women, boys and girls, and our neighbors and friends, and even our enemies will say that they are truly born again. They truly are Christ-like people, people that want to live for God. And I don't want us to just go through the motions. You know, I, well, I, I did my good deed for the day I came to church on Sunday. But I want us to live our lives knowing that Christ lives within us. That we've been born again. That we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our personal Savior. This is not something that we do. But it's something that we live on a daily basis. We're talking about the Christian experience. Jesus is the living bread. And one of the things we've heard throughout our lives, you know, particularly those of us who watch television, we see advertisement. They talk about what makes life good. You know, and now, you know, big flat screen TV, LG, says life's good. You know, I guess life is good when you have a big flat screen on the wall. But we want to talk about Jesus Christ and the living bread. And those of you who are older, you know, the old commercials you talk about Coca-Cola, Coke adds life. But I want us to know that Jesus adds life. He's the one we need in our lives each and every day. Let's look at our Old Testament passage of Scripture to understand that Jesus has a plan for our lives. A plan that we can live and understand that he wants us to prosper. He wants us to do well. And it says in Isaiah 40, it says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. 
Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, God wants us to understand that he has a plan for our lives. For all creation and everybody that lives, Jesus came to give us life. And his plan is not for us to die in our sins. That's why he said, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. He didn't want you to die in your sins. He wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. He says, you know, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. See, no matter where you are in life, God has a plan for you to get where he wants you to get to. And, you know, we hear the saying, all roads leads to a certain place. But we want God, God wants all roads for us to lead to life and that everlasting life. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Let God order your steps so you can end up where he wants you to be. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. See, there are times in life when we go through things, go through trials and tribulations. Every day is not going to be perfect. Every day is not going to go the way you want it to go. There will be some valleys. There will be some mountains. Some good times and some bad times. But allow God to order your steps through those times. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. See, we're going to go through some difficult times in this journey. Over and over again. You know, you know, you know this is 2011. It's already September. And many of you can witness that you've had some good times in 2011 and some not so good times already this year. And the same will repeat it. Life goes through cycles. It's going to repeat itself. And we need to allow God to order our steps through this life. Even the crooked places and the rough places. You will turn around and understand why you went through those places. The rough places will be made smooth. The crooked places will be made straight. And you understand why. As my mom sang a few Sundays ago, we'll understand it better by and by. So we need to understand that God has a plan for our lives. And ultimately his plan is that he be glorified. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. You may not see it right now where you are in the midst of your circumstances. But know that if you keep on living, his glory will be revealed and all flesh will see it. Your friends will see why. Your mother and father will see why. Your neighbors and friends, your your enemies will see why. Because God's glory is going to be revealed in us. We're talking about the Christian experience. Jesus is the living bread. And what I love about Christ is that he's alive today. He's alive right now. Though your ancestors have passed away. And, you know, I just had my family reunion and, you know, we read our memorial, a list of all those who passed away. And an entire generation is already gone from our family. But I know right now that Jesus is yet alive. And the songwriter lets us know that we can face tomorrow because he lives. So Jesus is the living bread. And no matter what you're going through in this life, know that you have a source that you can always rely on because Jesus is the living bread. And in his life journey, 
Call on him. Depend on him. When you don't know what to do, call on Jesus. He's the living bread. He knows just what to do. He knows how to lead and guide you from one level of life to the other. We need to walk with Jesus, walk through this journey. Let's look at our New Testament passage of Scripture. To understand that Jesus wanted people to understand who he was. And why he does the things that he does. Because he is the living bread. He is our source of life. He's the reason why we can face our trials, our victories, our joys, our sorrows. He is the living bread. And he wants us to do things that pertain to life, that that add to this journey. Because there are going to be some dark times. But he wants us to understand that he is the living bread. Let's look at John's gospel. John's gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Yes, he was born of a virgin. And we're going to celebrate that during December. But he was also the son of God. And he lets us know that he died on the cross so that we could be with him one day eternally in heaven. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Jesus is the living bread. He wants us to understand that today. Let's look at our text portion of scripture today in John chapter 6 and verse 41. There are three things I want us to see in this passage of scripture today. To understand that Jesus is the living bread. He wants us to live and move forward by faith in him. The first thing it says I want us to understand is that murmuring or complaining does not give life. Murmuring and complaining does not give life. Let's look at John chapter 6 and verse 41. It says, the Jews, after Jesus had explained that he was the living bread, was bread, the bread of life, the Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, do not murmur among yourselves. See, one of the things that destroy our, our lives, one of the things that takes away from our life is murmuring and complaining. How many of you have friends that the first thing you tell them, the first thing they want to do is start complaining? You know, I know we don't do that in here per se, but maybe somebody you know, the first time they, they, they see you with something new, they say, they start complaining, why, why you didn't get that for me? They already begin to start murmuring and complaining. And I want to understand that murmuring and complaining does not give the add to your life. It just takes away. It begins to drag you down. It changes your, your joy. As they say, it turns your smile upside down. Murmuring and complaining does not add to life. And our subject today is the Christian experience. Jesus is the living bread. And he don't want us walking through life murmuring and complaining. Always finding something wrong. Do you realize that there's something right going on? This is is many things you can find to complain about. You need to find something to thank God for. 
The Bible says in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So even in the worst of times, you can find, you can find something not to complain about. And we see right away, after Jesus began to tell them who he was, that they began to complain. I think King James says they were murmuring. You know what we're murmuring? Sometimes when you're murmuring, you don't even understand what you're saying. I just, <laughs> you don't even know what you're saying. Just murmuring and complaining. And sometimes you don't even know why you're murmuring and complaining. And the people around you don't know why you're murmuring and complaining. We're talking about the Christian experience. Jesus is the living bread. And look what they were complaining about. They said, they complained because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. See, they were carnally minded. So no matter what he said, they weren't going to get it anyway. So what they started to do, they started murmuring and complaining. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I've come down from heaven? See, they were, they were, they were looking with their own natural eyes, going through their own personal experiences. But they did not know that Jesus was indeed the son of God. So naturally or spiritually, he did come down from heaven. And then the Bible say all gifts and all good and perfect gifts comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no variableness at all. So don't we call children a gift? Then then, then in that very simple explanation, he came down from heaven. But in their own mind, all they could think about was, is not this Joseph's son whose father and mother we know? They missed the whole plan of God because they couldn't open up their minds because all they wanted to do was murmur and complain. And you know, murmuring and complaining can stop all kinds of progress. Somebody can have the best ideal in the world. The cure for cancer or the common cold. And then somebody said, well, ain't nobody else found the cure to the common cold. Why do you think you can find it? Nobody else had the answer. So, so why don't you just go back home and shut your mouth and whatever else they can come up with. Because all they want to do is murmur and complain. But murmuring and complaining don't give life. And as Christians, I don't want us walking around mumbling and complaining because we're stealing from what God's gift is to us. God has given everybody some talent or a gift. And our mumbling and complaining may stop someone from doing what God has for them to do. It may keep them from being what God wants them to be. And I'll never forget, I told my kindergarten teacher when I was five years old what I wanted to be. I said I wanted to be a millionaire. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. And then she said, baby, baby, no, you can't do that. And I was just like, I looked at her, and said, Mom, you know what I did. I looked at her and said, Well, I'll get it still in a different way. Hallelujah. I still had my mind made up. I wasn't gonna let somebody else's murmuring and complaining stop me from being what God wants me to be. And maybe God never really wanted me to be a millionaire financially in my bank account. 
But in Christ Jesus, I have all that I need. And imagine, I'll imagine what other child told somebody what they wanted to be. And somebody started murmuring and complaining. And the child said, well, maybe I just can't be that. Lord, have mercy. But it's important for us as believers to lift people up instead of murmuring and complaining. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. And see that we don't need to be murmuring and complaining. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. See, we need to stop murmuring and complaining. We don't know whose lives we're affecting when we go out through the day. Sometimes a little handshake or a hug or a word of encouragement is the very thing somebody needs to have life in this world. So whatever we do, let's not be mummering and complaining because Jesus is the living bread. And he wants us to have life. We're talking about the Christian experience. Jesus is the living bread. The second thing I want us to see in this message today is that learning does give life. Learning does give life. Look again at verse 44 in John chapter 6. And it says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. See, learning gives life. And see, the person we need to learn more about is, is about Jesus Christ. We need to learn more and more about him and come and come toward him and he'll teach us the things that we need to know. How we can live in this life. You know, as a young person, you know, you know, mom and dad taught us to read the Bible and particularly Proverbs. And I learned so much from reading the word of God. It may not have helped me make A's and B's in school, but yes, it did. It taught me the, the value of gaining an understanding. So it's important for us to learn of God. Don't go through life trying to go away from God, but draw nigh to God. And what? He'll draw nigh unto you. So learning about Jesus gives you more and more life. There's another statement that we've heard. You know, don't just add years to your life, but add life to your years. And learning does that. You should never stop wanting to learn something. Just because you graduated from high school shouldn't mean that's the end of your time of learning. But continue to learn more and more in life. Pick up a book sometime. Turn to the educational channel. Learn something on the Discovery Channel or the History Channel. Learn a little bit more about this life in which you live. So you can be more and more about what God wants you to be doing. And it says, 
In this text of scripture, in verse 44, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. So that's right there. That's a gift of life right there that God wants you to come toward him. The very fact that you're in Shady Dale right now means that God loves you enough to draw you close to him. That should enable you to want to learn a little bit more about him. He knows the number of hairs on your head. So you ought to want to learn a little bit more about him. Don't go through life and not know about God's plan for your life. He's already drawn you toward him. So get a little closer to him. Let him lead and guide you. And he made a promise to you. I will raise you up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. That ought to encourage us to want to learn more and more about Jesus. You know the song that says, more about Jesus? Would I know? More of his grace to others show? More of his saving fullness see? More of his love who died for me? We want to learn more about Jesus. Let's look at another passage of scripture in Matthew 11. Reminding us that we need to learn more about Jesus. Kind of thinks about the, the last song we just sung. Matthew 11, verse 29. says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, we need to learn more about Jesus. You know, some people don't want you to learn things. They say, I got mine. You got to get yours. Get the best way you can. But God wants us to learn more and more about him. He, uh, uh, the scripture says he is gentle and lowly in heart. And you can find rest for your soul. See, a person that does not learning gets restless. And I think in some ways, uh, I think there are some people, some elements in society that don't want people to learn. It seems like they want to keep you, they want to cut education. Shut down our schools and build more prisons and jails. Help me, Holy Ghost. Instead of teaching people how to overcome their trials and and burdens and tribulations and issues of life. We need to spend time learning so we can be where and what God wants us to be. So learning gives you more life. And when you learn and you can share your life with somebody else. Whatever you know, you ought to Pass it on to somebody else. You don't need to have a degree in cake cooking. Help me, Holy Ghost. Somebody else want to learn how to eat your piece of cake? If you have a good recipe, pass it on to somebody. If you know how to build birdhouses, then teach somebody else how to build one. So the knowledge can continue to be passed on. You can add to life. You know, somebody, it wasn't a person that had a degree that taught me how to tie my shoe. But thank God somebody taught me. There's so many little things in this world that need to be passed on. That somebody needs to learn. They can learn it from you and you and you and me. Because learning gives life. We ought ought not want to hold on to everything. And it is said that so many of the world's best ideas are in the cemetery. Because they took that knowledge Took their information, took their understanding with them to the grave. But you and I ought to want to pass on learning to somebody else so they can know 
how to live in this world. We're talking about the Christian experience. Jesus is the living bread. The third thing and the last thing is just that. Jesus is the bread that gives life. Let's look at John 6 and verse 47. And it reads, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. See, Jesus is the bread that gives life. You know, bread is called sustenance. That, that one thing that you can't do without. You know, every meal ought to be served with a, I believe, with a piece of bread. Amen, somebody. And that's what Jesus is. Jesus is that thing that you can't live in this life without. There's so many people who are trying to live without the bread of life, and they're missing life. You now people say, you know, you know, you, know, you stayed home, and you didn't go to the party, you didn't go to the club, and you're missing out on life. Well, I want to tell you, if you don't have Jesus, you're missing out on real life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your life is empty. You go from time to time and you think you're filling yourself up with life. But you're missing the real substance of life, which is knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And Jesus said to them in no uncertain terms in verse 48, I am the bread of life. He wants you to know. He wants your friends to know. He wants your enemies to know. He wants everybody to know that he is the bread of life. No need in wondering. No need in making a mistake. Jesus is the living bread, and he gives us life. He says, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and you can't find them because they are dead. And they were going all, you know, talking about, you know, he said he's the bread of life. He, we, we know his mother and father, but Jesus let them know that your fathers are dead. They died out in the wilderness. But I am here to give you everlasting life. If you know Jesus, you have everlasting life. That's what I want us to have. He says in verse 50, this is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. See, when we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, we have everlasting life. And one day, you know, these bodies are going to go into the graveyard, but our soul is going to live forever. And the Bible said the soul that sins, it shall die. But if we know Jesus Christ, we're going to be risen to everlasting life. No more heartaches, no more burdens, no more pain, no more suffering, because we believe and we took part in the bread that gives everlasting life, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says in verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. See, as we said in, in, in Isaiah, God didn't intend for the world to die. He did not intend for you to die in your sins. 
Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, not for you and I. Jesus died for the life of the world. And we will believe in him. We have everlasting life. John 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness is not comprehended. See, there are people who don't understand who Jesus is. Walking around trying to make their own way through this life. But if you try to save your own life, Jesus said, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to find it. And you're going to have joy in this life. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's what gives us life even in the dark times. We still have everlasting life. Jesus has come to give us life. And it more abundantly. I pray you understood the message today. The Christian experience, Jesus is the living bread. Let us stand together.